relax. Those beats mean you're now listening to the very real people in places that supply your high. This is Grown Local with Billy Wayne Davis and Mike McGowan. Zoom doesn't let you snake snake start anymore, which is so good on the podcast because like everyone's just kind of hanging out, and if you could just like casually hit record, it doesn't. But Zoom's it doesn't, like, mm-mm. Sure, it's got to be legal shit. For oh, for sure. That yeah. Way. We just want to catch people who not knowing that they're being recorded. That's how you get the good stuff. <laughs> you got to get authentic with it. oh we are here you guys with my my old friend he's not old but we are old friends uh mr andy jewett who i would consider you like ian and adjacent to the cannabis industry yeah i would say so i would say in and adjacent, um, just in, in a way, and maybe adjacent in a way that not a lot of people are. That's a great way to put it. Like you're adjacent in a way that's not normally adjacent. Not like, well, yeah. I, I make, I don't touch the plants. I make this stuff. Like, yeah. Like you're yeah, just yeah. like, you touch them. Sometimes. I touch them and I smoke them and I do other stuff, but I, uh, yeah, I'm in and around lots of people that have influence in cannabis for sure. Like, what are you doing? Like, when I first met you, you're promoting, I, w- I guess you're just promoting c- comedy shows and cannabis, like, and a cannabis company. Like, you were kind of a promoter, I guess is the best way to put it. Yeah. For, I mean, for a way, for a way for like a lot of people to understand what you're doing. Yeah. The, that's right. Exactly. That's the quickest way to understand it. We were, I was producing or prom- and or promoting a lot of shows um, starting around 2010, 2011, and until present. So I'm about 10, 11 years into comedy-oriented stuff in a, you know, organized way. Um, but yeah, I've been in media for, gosh, 16 years otherwise, and uh, just started a new media venture that also has a cannabis component as well. And so, yeah, just in and around a lot of cannabis stuff, a lot of our... And a lot of my original shows that I produced before any other companies or, and all that stuff was, st- was still just fueled by cannabis money, cannabis interest, people trying to get their product sampled, things like that. So definitely, uh, in particular, in Denver, connected to cannabis. So early on, during legalization, a lot of people were coming to you and being like, man, how we sell this? Because like normally, people are just like, we, we just sell it to a dude who we put it in his trunk and then he goes away and then we're done. But now we got to get people to come to us. That's that part is, I never thought of that. That is a fascinating part, especially like with, because it's not like in a smaller place where they're like, there's like two dispensaries. So it's not that hard to, because I think, I don't think people understand like when they think even, our listeners that are in legal states, it's, it was pretty slow rollout. So it's like, there's the new dispensary. That's where you go get it. Now there's yes. another one. Like Denver, it was like, here's 6,000 dispensaries. 
Right. Yes. Like out of the gate-ish. Yeah. 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 The first, the wild west of that was insane. I mean, it was like, I think there were 800 or I don't know that there were a thousand, but there were, there were quite a few. And I think it's down to four or 500. But that's what I was going to say. Like I was just there and I've been there since before it was legalized. And like, I saw it during the, the jump and it was saturated from the start and it's still saturated. Yeah. Which is like an odd thing for me because like most places it gets crazy saturated. And then there's like a, it's like a thinning, a natural thinning of. Yeah. I think Denver doesn't seem to have that at all. (laughs) It's true. I mean, like, you know, now they're like before cannabis, Red Rocks had a very busy concert season, right? After cannabis, it didn't just go from May to September. Does that make sense? Like now it's like we got, you know, ice people on the rocks, slightly, you know, every reggae, hip hop, you know, um, cannabis, anything banned and also comics. If it's big, either single shows or like amalgamated, you know, there's a 20 person comic super show type thing. It's all been, been extended by cannabis and that's just one place, but it's like, super obvious like tonight method man was just here like two weeks ago with uh wu-tang clan and it was awesome it was with the colorado symphony orchestra method man's here again tonight red man wiz khalifa and five other acts like nothing ever happened well we gotta head back out like (laughs) so it's very much lifestyle driven and people have people are here to have a good life and i think you know there has been a thinning of of the dispensaries and things that you've talked about, but there's also been a blossoming and a sharpening of the saw of the people that are left are really good at their jobs. I think like the worst operators are still pretty good. Yeah, no, that's uh, like, I was just there this weekend doing the thing and I didn't, you know, like even before you get a hold of like one in five batches of flour you get would, would be like mediocre. Sure. You know, but now it's like everything you get is quality. Now there's, it's still going to be able to grind quick. Cause that's just, you can't remove right. the elevation part of it. But I told right. my dad that and he could care less. I was like, check it out. Cause he's like, I don't. And I was like, he, he's not. Yeah. A guy. He's like, course is better here. And I'm like, it is better here. You're right. <laughs> straight from the Rockies. The yeah, he did. He was like, it is, it does taste better here. I was like, it should, because they make it like right over there. That's great. Yeah. yeah, it should be crispy and fresh, like the uh Hofbrau House beer in, in Munich or something. But um, but yeah, I mean, like you said, it, there's there's guys that have been here since the beginning, but then there there were some, I think Colorado did it right on a legal level and an oversight level with the med here. Like just kind of not cracking down, but leaving a series of traps or <laughs> uh, a threshold of accountability and commitment and business acumen to stay in the business. Mm-hmm. And not everybody could do that. And so when, when a lot of those people get into the business and they're like, oh, these margins aren't just dream margins, like it's taxed heavily. There's a million ways to keep burning and spending money and all those things. Um, you know, they, they sort of fell off, but to your point also, like it's hard to get, (laughs) uh, non dry weed sometimes, or, you know, less than humid cannabis sometimes, but it's all like, 
you know, the worst joints are like 23%. And oh, it's all great. And it's all, know. it's better priced in Southern California. It's all, I mean, I got a hold of some, all our dudes, our dudes from, uh, from Living Soil showed up to the taping, Mike. Oh, really? Oh, man. They gave me a couple bags full of joints and they kept trying to give me more. You were, Andy was right behind them when, when those dudes were, I should have been, I, I'm sorry. My mind wasn't. <laughs> Come on. This is where, yeah, I'll take you to task on the podcast before I tell you that you did a great job at your taping. Thank you. And you looked great <laughs> and it was all beautiful. I wasn't it, fishing, but I do appreciate that. Oh, uh, yeah, but yeah, no, I didn't even think I should have introduced that would have been a great introduction. But at the time, I was just like, hey, and they were just like throwing dope weed at me. I still got two joints right here. I'm glad. No, and no I, I was like, well, at the time, I was just like, hey, I can't take. They were just trying to give me so much. Dude. And I was like, I got to fly back. I can't be super. I'm already got a lot. I can't be super loud. <laughs> but I did tell him about, uh, cause he gave me some GMO joints. I was like, Oh, I stole that shit from Mike. Cause Mike rarely <laughs> asked for it. Sure. He rarely asked to take it home. Yeah. And he was like, I want some of that. And then he took it. And <laughs> I went back after he went to sleep and I took it back. Cause I was like, he's got enough. He can go to sleep. Cause it's, it and was, you know, GMO is not my favorite, but yes, I rarely am that. I like, I mean, we've been all over the place and like their stuff. I was definitely like, Billy, I got to take that home. You took some of it. Some. I'll let you take most of it home, but that yes. word, I was like, I'm going to go get that back. Uh, <laughs> I like, so how, I, I love how many, like this, I'm sure that the whole podcast could just be road stories at this point. You've done enough episodes where it's just like who craftily, Hey, remember that time where I got this and then you guys just try and one up, one up each other with it. It is. Well, I, I, cause he's such a, uh, expert snob, snob too, that when he like, it's like, you know what I'm like, when you see someone that's really good geek out, you're like, man, what does that mean? Why are they? <laughs> Wait, I should listen. My, yeah. my, my the hairs on the back of my neck are bristling up. What Shh. What are my ears hearing? They're freaking out. Be quiet. I think something <laughs> crazy's happened. That is, yeah, that's usually what I am. Because I'm always like, it all smells pretty great to me. <laughs> this is going to well, get me high? This yeah. is going to get me high? Okay, cool. <laughs> you ever tried this? Um, yeah, I mean, listen, you crushed the special. I didn't get introduced to the guy. There were a lot of people from cannabis there that you pro may have known and and didn't know that either I or other people invited or, or found out about it and knew about you from your shows over the years, because they're like, they become big, big fans. So it was cool and vindicating and all the things to see you in the church of cannabis with an oh, insane. Yeah, I tell the setup. Of that. It's in the yeah. church of cannabis. You got to it. Am I, oh, am I, if I'm spoiling stuff, I'm no, on. no, I'm just mm -hmm. not great mm -hmm. at promotion. You're that's your gig. And I'm just like a, I'm getting better at it because it's, now I believe in myself a lot more, and I think that helps promotion. Yeah, yeah. You gotta believe in what you're selling. That's an important part. Of well, it. before it was just like I, I, I would just tell people where I was performing. I wouldn't tell them to come, but now I'm like, hey, you should come too. Here I'm going to be there. So that's it but it that's is a nice evolution. It is, uh, and it makes promotion easier when you really believe it. But like Andy was like, you were someone I met very early on, and uh yeah and you were doing that thing and i'm, I'm trying to uh, figure out how to articulate to the people like what happened was 
because of the federal part of it being illegal and the the banking part right there was a lot of cash so these guys didn't know what to do with a lot of it and they wanted and they so what a neat part that's not as documented as i think it should be is a neat part of the, of what happened with legalization is early on it spawned so much art and artists moving to because i noticed it real quick i was like and i just pay attention to stuff probably more than most comics but i was like oh there's they got an influx of cash and people so right. this could be a neat place to go get better and and it was for like five, i would say three to five years and i was just yeah. talking about this with another denver comic uh that and it's not like that anymore it's just a progression like we're talking about there's like just natural progressions but for like three to five years it was this really cool place where a lot of people just cared about getting better at comedy and you could afford to you weren't going to get rich but you weren't yeah, worried you about yeah. eating or where you're going to sleep when you yeah, were and, and there was enough of a populace of those types of comics together that sort of figured it out together yeah um yeah you're absolutely right i mean like yeah, and i think you and Kayvon were like an integral part without you guys who weren't necessarily comedians right and i mean i'm not saying that you didn't do stand-up and stuff but that wasn't your sure. your huge goal was to be like i'm gonna be a stand-up you were just like this is we need to facilitate some dope this yeah. dope talent and you knew <laughs> how to do that and it was just like i don't think a lot of people understand how integral you guys as non you know traditional comedy people is a better way to put what i'm saying sure. yeah yeah i got you i mean Words. we're not we're not the we're not the funny bone or the zanies or the whatever we're, we're <laughs> a whole different deal with no brick and mortar you know theater or venue or black box or any of that stuff but you know we, we had we had an office and we had a lot of cool things and at one point we were you know we were pushing like 20 to 40 live shows a month so anybody that came into town had cool places to go and get paid, I would say 90% of the time. I'm sure there's exceptions, but I'd say 100. But here's uh -huh. the thing. If you weren't getting cash, you were getting some. Right. Yeah, I think. And you know, it was I probably worth we, more than cash to most of those motherfuckers. <laughs> what you said about the cash infusion is part of it is art, right? Part of it was people like Kayvon and others who were, and who were motivated like, all of us to like make something cool and build a community and not just exist, but try to make cool things that, you know, um, that I think broad audiences can enjoy, but also has a cultivated audience that will repeat and go, Hey, these guys know how to make a show. That's good. These guys know how to make a podcast. That's good. If they're supporting filmmakers or producing stuff or Andy's doing this with this or whatever, like, then you, I think the general vibe is that it's going to be okay. And that was all from the art perspective, but also cannabis people in particular don't have a lot of options for advertising. Yeah. So there's a capital part of this where, you know, it's like the smart people are going, Hey, I get to support art. I get to support and grow a community. I get to help fill in the gaps where we're all blowing it 
uh, systemically, you know, and, and advertise my product and show people that I'm, you know, behind, you know, uh, a festival or a show or a podcast or whatever the case might be. It was a really nice mix in time and it's still going on, but also, you know, uh, this is a weird time to be alive. And, you know, yeah, you, you know, to maintain that at, uh, sort of a grassroots level for a long period of time is tough. Well, and I think a lot of without, times without, with all the other things we're all doing, you know? Yeah. Well, and I think a lot of times it's kind of, you know, the, sometimes society kind of forces you to have to be in the trenches with certain groups of people, because I know that especially here in Oregon, when legalization, medical, all that stuff, any dipping the toes in advertising, you know, most of the places were like, Hey, we're actually not going to take your money. We don't want to be associated with cannabis. There was like the one hippie newspaper here who was like, okay, yeah, we'll do it. <laughs> and, you know, they would also do the burlesque shows, the comedy shows, like they were accessible to the arts and the other people like that. I mean, yeah. for better or for worse, drug dealing is one of the few times I think trickle down economics actually work out pretty well because they're like, hey, you know, we got money, we'll advertise, we'll do all yeah, that. Well, it's not trickle down as, as much as you would like to say is it's uh and and not well, i wouldn't say cannabis as much as other drugs it's a the entertainment industry is a great place to launder money <laughs> um i'm just saying like that's what rock and roll bands did for I, I lived in nashville for a long time you guys so i don't know if you know yeah. about any people of like to party and rock yeah it goes to, <laughs> it really goes together it was thick when i lived in nashville everyone was like did you have trouble finding drugs i was like okay anyway you know they rec <laughs> you know they record music here professionally you guys so anyway um that was uh but it like that was it was i kept telling people to around the country like hey it's special there right now and they're like yeah because of the weed i'm like sure sure yeah sure but it's also, if you're smart, you can go there for 10 days and come home with $3,000 and do 12 shows. You know what I mean? Like if yeah. you're not an idiot. So like that, you're paying attention and you want to do it and you're piecing together, you know, that part of your standup, it's a sustainable town. You can go from Pueblo to Fort Collins and do shows up and down the front range that are all pretty fun and have, and really also, you know, cause you, you know, you, you've done this throughout your whole career, just becoming battle tested in any room, yep. you know, and anywhere in any environment. So you're legitimately good at comedy wherever you are. And, um, and so that's really fun too. So it's like, Oh, I get paid to get tested, testing my metal and, you know, have a good time and be with people that I mostly enjoy you know? And what's interesting is like Seattle was like that, like in the, mid 2000s when i moved there like there was a two or three year period where it was really rad and you you could still go get really good at in seattle i'm not saying that but i was also there when cannabis legalized and it didn't have that effect that it had in denver for whatever right. reason like it didn't blow up the art scenes and things like that and it didn't in others and like in california i was around it didn't do that either like it did that in denver 
I think it, I think it does do it in California. It's just not as noticeable because there's so much other noise. You know? Well, and there's just so many art. I mean, art's already so well-funded. Exactly. In, in exactly. California. So it didn't make the dent. But like Seattle and Portland, I thought because of yeah. what happened in Denver, I was like, oh, this is going to pop in some of these places. And it didn't. I think I think in Oregon, it's because it was already so established. I mean, when I came out here in 09, I would go in the in for brunch to all the fanciest restaurants in Eugene, quote unquote, fancy. And we've been all we've been all four of them, Mike. (laughs) But it was just all the biggest weed growers that were there. And, you know, so it's already been a part of the culture out here for a long time. But I feel like Denver and Colorado, it really exploded, maybe from something smaller. But then once tourism came in, it exploded that way a little bit more. That may be a part of it where now that you're saying that, that because Seattle and Portland already had kind of an established arts and weirdo, that Denver (laughs) did to just like it was tiny before marijuana well i don't know it was tiny it was not it was it was definitely on the on the way up with the other austin you know seattle but but what i'm i don't mean that as a knock the whole town itself was a different vibe before legalization oh i would say of course yeah of course it was like old money and then and like the tech stuff, they had just they had just built that tech center, and everybody's like, "What is this thing in the middle of nowhere out here?" <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. I mean, it's definitely like the growth, and certainly a lot of places in the last decade plus. But the growth here has been insane, and that tech sector that you talked about is gigantic. There's some ridiculous stat about, you know, I think it's the town's grown. I'm going to get it wrong, but like the 2010 census was like between Denver and Boulder was like 2.4 million people. And, you know, now it's, I think three and change or something after the, this next one. So it's like, it's going fast and it's all, it's all tech jobs and all that stuff. So now you're, we're feeling like, I think Billy Wayne too, why it doesn't thrive like it did independently is because there, there's more options here now too, like LA. Oh yeah. But also like, the focus is just like growth and capitalism. There's just like crazy. No, you're exactly. It's not as real estate deals. It's yeah, not it's just washing everything. Well, Mike, he was saying when we went to record last time we were there, he went out the last night and I was like, I'm an old dad. I'm good. And we've been smoking <laughs> weed for three days. I'm, I'm in heaven. It's quiet here. This is me. <laughs> and, uh, but then we were talking after Jeff. He was like, "Well, it's not like a like there's not like a vibe downtown where you're like welcoming." And I was like, "Well, Denver's never been like a like a bar hopping. It's always been like neighborhood. Like sure. once you know who's in what neighborhood, it's you can go party." It was like a bigger, sexier Omaha, really. <laughs> That's <laughs> such a good way to put it. That's, it really was. It was. Yes. You know, it, it's a cow town, but it was also a cool cow town with yes. a lot of like grit and like you know people that are educated and you know want to see their kids do well and think about you know not just this generation and also just like kind of the cowboy spirit that makes it a purple state you know it is why i dug the sleepy yes there was like a it was like an educated 
farm town is what it yes that's probably why i was like i like this place i don't know it's like kind of there's a bravado about it but also people are intelligent it's like a yeah yeah it's like a sophisticated texas almost <laughs> yeah it's like um a less racist texas well uh, i think it's probably debatable, on par debatable. probably, probably being... oh really per capita you think yeah colorado springs what are you talking about oh i guess that's true <laughs> It's like I don't want to. I lived there for eight years. You don't have to tell me. You just blacked it all out, which you should. (laughs) Yeah, I just didn't want to talk about it. Ah, you're right. It is a weird place. I'm not knocking Colorado Springs completely. I love the people that know what I'm talking about. Know what I'm talking about. There's a there's definitely a hardcore contingent that makes it feel like a police state all the time. Yes. (laughs) But also love Jesus. But also. Like the number one statistical market for pornography on demand. For oh, there is a lot of hypocrisy in that tale. It is. You can feel it in the, yes. You can feel it at the Starbucks. We're like, oh, you, yeah, you're like, oh, shit. Kind of shit, aren't you? Like that, that is where a barista and a guy do fall in love because they're horned up. In yes. They're yes. like, we Starbucks. Yes, that is a solid point. There is they're, some they're titillated. They're like, town. I just saw POD last week, and now this. <laughs> this is a lot of sugar, and I heard an electric guitar. You're exactly right. Yeah, so- uh, <laughs> a deep grab of POD. Hey, you got. Oh, it I wasn't mean- deep for me, man. There's a great radio station there named Kilo, and they play all sorts of great rock music. But also during the time I lived there. P.O.D. Papa Roach, Lincoln Park being the king of the of the yeah. you know, the whole universe there, uh, but like they love that shit, so that's why it was just in my but brain. P.O.D. is yeah. like a Christian band too, which just makes so much sense to rip that one from uh, Colorado Springs. I guess it's true. I focused on my family, and I I came up with that. Well, Lincoln Park <laughs> to me is always like it's like. Uh, it's like if the youth group found punk music yes. is what Lincoln Park always. They're great at that type of music. Yes. No. And I think they're the only ones that really do it well. That's see, that's the, this is my whole problem with. This is not punk. what this podcast is about. We can talk about it. <laughs> we can talk about it. I apologize. Yeah. All I'm saying is there, there's a couple of good Blink 182s and Green Days, but all the rest of pop punk. I don't yeah. know if I need it. Anyway. There's a reason. Yeah, Green Day and Blink-182 really knocked it out of the park. And then a lot of people were like, I'm going to try that. And everyone should have went, no, nah, we're good. Nah, we all we can play it. three chords and wine like British people in our basement. But they're all not <laughs> funny and clever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, those dudes were funny and clever. That's Yeah. yeah. They're artists, Billy. They were really putting it out there in a time where MTV <laughs> could just slingshot that shit. You know, if you were born 10 years earlier... You'd be hosting the VMAs right now. Hey, if you're 17 and 18 and you're, uh, you know, you're just mad for because your hormones tell you Blink 182 is perfect. <laughs> I don't know if I don't know if any of those guys smoke weed. I'm sure they did at some point. The one that. dude's pretty hardcore into aliens. He has to. Like, yeah. Right. Oh He's yeah. I assume all those SoCal dudes were <laughs> hardcore into. Yeah. That. I just yeah they they're so hardcore they don't even think about talking about it there's like yeah smoke so, weed what are you talking about so I'll, I'll overshare in this one but i was at a tower records uh cd signing for good charlotte nice. um their first <laughs> album the wow up there they they, they 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 nailed the sound they that did was, they mean, did great yes. they did great but 
uh, as they were signing the records and I was online, uh, one of their fans was walking by. It's like, you guys fucking rule. And the lead <laughs> singer was like, hey, man, there's kids. No cursing. And I was like, <laughs> all right, all right. This is a good type of pop yeah, punk. Good, I he's a good guy. And he is married to like Nicole Richie or something. I was going to yeah, say, yeah. he married, yeah. Cameron uh, Diaz? No, it's Nicole Richie because that's the one I, I, I was. She sang well, before brothers. they got married, I think, right? They're they're twin yeah. brothers. So one brother dated her, Triple and the Ninja. other brother married Nicole Richie. Right. Huh. Good well, for them. This has been Grown Locals uh, deep dive on Good Charlotte. <laughs> Just a little tangent for everyone to nibble on, and then we'll get back to the topic. Well, I, I mean, I'll, and I'll add to this: if you grew up in a small town, like, like, and he grew up like Philly adjacent, but it's still a small town. If anyone famous comes to town you're gonna go check out and like look like gawk at him a little like there were several country singers i had no interest in at all but they came to play the you know sure. whatever sure. county fair so i snuck in just to be like yep that's them that's what they look like mm -hmm. in person <laughs> the tower records connected to the cherry hill mall so if it's at a mall in new jersey everybody's gonna be there. well There's tower no records is pretty awesome yeah yeah <laughs> i feel that well that's i like that about living in denver though relative to the cannabis scene and otherwise because way to bring are, it back way people bring are, it back. he's a he's a broadcasting professional he's more, he actually does <laughs> i just think like you know um oh man now we now we've really done it it's okay our listeners like an episode like oh, this every now I just, and then. I, just like, say, I, I just, like when you guys fuck around. That we get <laughs> a lot of replies like every now and then we'll just fuck around. They're like, I love those episodes. You guys don't do what you're supposed to do. Right? I just like all I was gonna I did remember all I was gonna say was that people here aren't jaded about people coming to town like that. Like I watched Guns N' Roses the other night and there were people all, all the whole spectrum, and it was just like we just want to have a good time and go to the soccer field and watch Slash do a solo for two hours. It was that was doing the shows. I was going to say that like now the vibe of Denver is different than when I started going there. The comedy scene is different, but it, I, I was trying to describe it. And I think when you describe not you guys, but just people in general, when you describe change and how it happens, some people take that as a negative thing. Yeah, And I think as the older you get, the more you're like, no, no, no. I'm just describing what happens and what yeah. is happening. I'm not putting and a I judgment think, on it. This yes, is, what it, this is what it is. It is neither good nor bad. This is what it is. This is yeah. how things change. And I'm like, for like five years, you guys had this amazing thing. And it was about everyone getting really funny and making the community. And then some people started to pop from there nationally. And when that happens... Yeah. More people start to come there, not to get better, but to jump off. And that changes the scene. It, I've seen it in four or five different cities over my career. It's just a natural, yeah. you, like it's, and people think you're a fortune teller. Once you start, you're like, here's what's going to happen. Like, How'd you know that? And you're like, ah, it's happened throughout time. Um, uh, I, I remember seeing portland comedians post ian carmel and ron funches and stuff like that which yeah. started going to denver after like that little bubble of time in portland and i was like oh okay you guys are just kind of yeah. hopping to different scenes and stuff yeah so. you go hop where like it's like you also want to hopping go, off well you also want to go where it's hot because everyone's making you better you gonna like that's not 
And then when you go where everyone's trying to make you, where everyone's trying to get famous, that's not making anybody better. That's some weird stuff that just, and it is what it is, but you got to recognize it for what it is. And that's, that's kind of what happened to Denver, the scene. And then, but I did notice, A, I hate the traffic now in Denver. I used to love it because it was like, but it, and it's not anyone's fault because, your town exploded in a way that you couldn't have built for it. Absolutely. Yeah. And you guys tried, I mean, it's almost full to the airport. And I remember it was just nothing. It's it's a fun Colorado Springs, dude. It's a sea of houses, a really dope downtown, downtown versus Colorado Springs, downtown Colorado Springs, downtown is nice and quaint and it has some fun places to go, but Denver's downtown is great now. Yes. And you know, the oh, economic clean. progress has sort of filled the void because there's so many things to do. The, like what you were saying earlier about promoting, it's like before, you know, we just like say where we're going to, where you're going to be and where you're going to have a show and who's on it and the features and benefits of coming to this show at this time. Right. Yeah. And now I don't think, I think either people perceive that, that, that it can't be done or they think I think one element is they think it will just continue in perpetuity until they realize, no, that like what you were saying earlier, it's like, this won't continue to happen if, if we don't put on our own shows all the time. And if we don't attract um, new businesses to support the shows that we're doing and, and that takes a constant and thankless refilling of the funnel, you know, (laughs) and UMS was going on while I was there. Yeah, I was walking down Broadway with my dad and he was like, what is this? (laughs) He's confused. And I was like, oh, there's like an underground music thing, I think, going on. He's like, cool. And I was like, well, it's not great for us because it's near. (laughs) Yeah. And he started (laughs) laughing. He's like, oh, I didn't think about that. And I was like, no, we're fine. Ticket wise, we'll be fine. But I was like, but that is things. He was like, oh, you got to think about it. I was like, oh, yeah, there's certain markets. I will look at what sporting events are going just this is just stuff you learn after 15 years of doing this is like like if you're if it's like a big show you want to like you're putting your money into or whatever you're like you need to look around you need to know all the calendar somehow you need to be able to soothe say if it's not going to snow if it's not going to you know be the playoffs are going to go to the seventh game so no one gives a shit now and you know there's there's all those things and i think that it when you have people push- yeah you may think you're a draw until the goddamn rockies are in game seven you're like oh yes. no one no one cares about <laughs> yeah. well i mean but that's why you gotta you gotta have people on the ground whether they're comics like like mike was alluding to in portland or anywhere else like you have when those things happen you you as the comic the producer the promoter any any of the roles or whatever like you, you have to push through it or else it's not going to happen exactly well that's, i think a lot of i think scenes don't realize that and then they go oh and then they pick up their own stuff and now i think you're seeing that in denver rebuilding like lots of shows there's lots of great shows here i mean ben bryant's oh, great stuff there's like, always that's the, that's what i was gonna say the compliment was like you guys because and i think that's when i was like man who do we need to have on that's like there's some other growers and stuff that you've hooked us up with. We're trying to, you know, they're sure. legitimate businessmen. So 
they're talking they're like hey you want to talk to fuck ups they're like, kind of but i'm busy um, <laughs> yeah yeah well I, yeah so they're like yeah i do but, idea, like, but i don't know yeah, I got but you're not a priority and you're like that's yeah. that you, we should not be but i was like <laughs> i was like andy i was like andy's important because like we're trying to get the word out to, to these people that you know are just starting to legalize cannabis or they're just starting to dip their toe into the world and trying to figure out their place in it because like you know you understand there is a calling to the plant in a way and not everyone has it uh my dad could care less about it he's interested in it but you know he's very open he's like it does nothing for me i've tried it but i love that it helps you and but you know it's like cool yeah, but that's more steps than a lot of people. Oh, well, my dad's far-sighted Buddha is what he is. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, hey, uh, but like that's like you and people of your ilk, like you can go to the Kavons and to the other guys in the Evans and those guys in the Wandas and go like, and they're like, what do we do with this cash? We want to help build yeah. a community. It's mm-hmm. like, and then your background is like you worked in radio for years, and like so you know how to talk to people, you know how to put things together, and without you, <laughs> that scene would have just been like these different shows that would have never had any kind of like cohesion or community. Sure. And and I know that for a fact because that's what happened in these other cities. Right. Yeah. So I think it's well, like. The Colorado, while we didn't know, we, we expected it to be a little different. It has been integral in like teaching people about these avenues that they're not thinking about. It's like legalization, like how simple it was to legalize. And then like with you, like taking that excess flow of cash that you're already, you're going to make some cash. You're going to make some money if you do this business right, because it's hot right now. That's just a fucking fact. I mean, I mean, you can, I'm not saying I'm just saying if you are smart, you, there's plenty of dumb dums that are just in there and being like, we can yeah, never sure. lose. And like, yeah, you can't. But I'm <laughs> saying like there's an excess. There's like a part of it that you do need to funnel that money off to making the community better, which is comedy, music, shows, wrestling, all that shit you guys did. Yes. And and Sorry, I think it's a long it's, talk. No, it's not. It's you're, uh, you're spot on because it was like when I moved, I got divorced in like 2008. I moved to Denver. And uh, when I got here, everybody was like in their own silo. Like certainly people knew each other and there was some neighborhood stuff. Like you said, like these comics, know these comics and all that stuff. But then, you know, um, I did the Chuck Roy show. With at the radio station that I'm actually back at right now, uh, as of three weeks ago. Um, and <laughs> there was an 80, 80 podcast show that of just all these comics and musicians and other people that we had on the show all the time. And, you know, between kind of the Knicks brothers who were there as film people and trying to make comedy and the Grolix guys and the Fine Gentlemen's Club, everybody sort of like coalesced at the same time and realized okay, like now that you have this thing, now that to use a radio analogy, if you have top 40 or classic rock or country, that's all worth different stuff kind of. 
Um, but nobody really knows how to monetize comedy outside of corporate America. Like no one. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So it's like, all right. Oh, there's, just, there's a handful of people that do. But there's a handful. Than, I'm not yes. saying no one. Yes. Yeah. Correct. You're right. Yeah. Bill. <laughs> yeah. We know I who meant, they are. We know who those people are too. So. Absolutely. But, <laughs> but, but, you know, there was, there's nobody that like, you know, like there was no comedy radio station until a few years ago here. And I, that was my last radio job before I went full-time comedy and producing and other stuff. And, you know, I, I did that for nine years um, and I'm still doing it, but I'm also now back at the station that takes cannabis dollars because it's a progressive group of people operating the, the thing and see the long term of it. We got 38 states and DC that are going strong and it's, it's an inevitability. So how do they, uh, can I, I do want to ask about that because we've had, we have one ad running and just getting that money put into accounts yes. itself was, it took about, about a month and a half from the, from, if we're looking at from the time he tried to transfer the money, which got denied several times to then sure. sending us a check and then to the hold, which I've never seen in my bank, that, <laughs> that, that hold, I was like, huh, I didn't know you could hold it huh. that long. That's crazy. Um, Seems like it's my money now. Yeah, that's weird. Um, <laughs> TD Ameritrade clears way quicker. Yeah, than it was just like, I was like, I didn't know. That's like insane amount of time. Um, it's like, we, this, I think that's technically escrow what you did. Um, but like, I, because of corporate and that's just like and that wasn't even that much money i mean you know it was a, a decent amount of money yeah considering but it, it's like in the grand scheme of things that check was very tiny but it it, it rang so many bells for us and i was like man what are fuckers they're trying to like really do some like to actually every day spend we're like we're just trying to get this thing started you know right. what I mean? From nothing. We're not, but like, if you have a radio station, like, have y'all gotten dinged? What do you tell those guys? Um, no, I mean, you know, the FCC. If you can't talk about it, don't talk about it. But I'm just saying. Like, no, 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 that's okay. I got to talk about is. I mean, it, it's all it's all good. I mean, it's a matter of public record. Um, you know. <laughs> yeah, I, that's another thing too. You're like, oh, we're on a list. Oh. Yeah, we're on a list. It's a federally <laughs> regulated stick, and you know, it's. We had our, our, our antenna is, uh, you know, the 33rd tallest building in the world, uh, at least at one point it was, I think it might be a little less now cause there's some more skyscrapers that went up, but it points East and it's a good, a solid signal. And it, it, you know, and to have that type of reach for any cannabis company is like unheard of. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, it's like having a quarter of the TV available to advertise on right now. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's like, it's a lot of, it's a lot of, of bodies, but just like when you promote a comedy show, you know, there's digital stuff, there's other stuff that is really precise in how many people you hit and all that, you know, broadcasting and, and TV and radio is still just like a huge swath going, Hey, everybody, here's what's going on. And because of the proliferation of the other media, you know, when you do that on that and you can have, and you, you know, and it's rare, you can have a big enough audience, you can move the economic needle for cannabis, for car dealers, lawyers, mortgage companies, and so forth. So 
it's fun to be able to help normalize cannabis in that political way. parties. Yeah. I mean, anybody who just, if you're losing, if whoever's running in 2024 is losing by us, a narrow margin, just at the nth hour go, we're going to legalize it. And then they'll just win yep. because it's a 70% deal, you know, <laughs> or Hey, healthcare for everybody. One of those. <laughs> yeah, you did, if you do both of those, you could be like, like, also, oh. I can sh- we can shoot clowns. And everybody like, sounds good. All of it sounds good. <laughs> We've done enough horrible shit for the last decades and hundreds of years. We're, we're all set. Shooting clowns is nothing. That'd be nice. It'd be fun. It'd I'd be like fun. that. And a lot of people would get behind you on that I think, one. Yeah, I don't think. As I said it, mm-hmm. I was like, that's not as controversial as I want to <laughs> <laughs> There'd be some sort of Grand Theft Auto cosplay of that where you can get that out like, gta or pornography <laughs> yes that is true well, man, man where do you think the future because this has been a great episode um because it's been weird and all over the place and um where do you think like after legalization federally what what do you think it becomes a state issue what do you what what do you think happens like business-wise oh. I feel like business wise, I feel like the, the worst case scenario is that it's hyper capitalized super quickly and the William Morris effect. And, you know, God, I'm not telling people not to buy cigarettes. Philip or Morris. Them. Philip Morris. I'm sorry. Thank you. William Morris. <laughs> I was so, I was like, yeah, I, I guess I'll want, never have an agent in William Morris. And well, was, well, you can't say that. They don't give a shit what you say. Yeah, they don't making them money. Um, Absolutely. They but, do not. Uh, you be like this fucking company sucks. They're like, you're right. Thanks for that. Right, exactly. Uh, <laughs> no, but God. I was just when you said William Morris, I was like, oh no, what are they going to be in the thing for? <laughs> I think there'll be, you know, some. I do think that if you know we're a stable enough society to exist for the next fifty years, uh, that there'll be a rapid capitalization of the plant, and I just hope that um, a bunch of freaking ding-dongs that have no idea what they're talking about don't get caught up in it because right now what you have as a state's rights issue it's nice because all the 38 states and dc that are in it those people in the, in the head of their you know uh, cannabis czar ian sieb style under jared polis on down those guys know a lot about it from both the business of cannabis itself in the private sector and from working in the government so you know, I think I don't want the collective brain trust that's been built to go away in favor of whoever's popular, you know, enacting some Senate bill that goes, okay, now, you know, Walmart can sell cannabis and it's, it's just bastardized and terrible and now tastes like a GPS cigarette. They'll be that. They'll be that. They'll be that's. I mean, that's my concern. I know that that's, well, like, we know that that's going to be, that will be a part of it. For sure. There's no stopping that. That's an inevitability in an hour and a hundred years, I guess. That's true. Yeah. So I think the part now is like we protect the cottage boutique industry, which I don't think will be that hard because of the states, right? Because and because of the way the plan itself is so ornery, that'll help us out. It's it's a little more ornery than grapes and all that. So it is more ornery. It's, it's way more ornery. I mean, mostly to the good. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, I mean, that is a good thing like that, like for, for like, for the consumer and all that and the, and the lover and connoisseur of the plant is it's, it's tough to grow in mass because it's like, Hey, we're yeah. snowflakes. We need you to, you know, they're, they're high maintenance girlfriends is what they are. <laughs> it's so fun to take care of. Them. I, Hey, I, uh, you can check off my whole list of exes and i enjoy it <laughs> like my dad said you enjoy a little pushback i was like yes i do mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I do I, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah i mean i i do think that you know they'll just like everything else you know there'll be champions that will see it as a political tool once someone's revolutionary and smart enough to harness the political will that literally exists if they just knew anything about what people in Oregon were doing, what people in Washington are doing, Alaska and Colorado and so forth, that is so over the top beneficial, uh, it speaks for itself. But then again, that would be assuming that politics um, has a motive other than power. <laughs> so, Well, at this point it doesn't because they have all the money. Now it's just, they're just playing power games. You're exactly, you're exactly right. And it's a frightening time to be alive because you're like, you guys... <laughs> This is just pure power games. These aren't about actual things. So, but Andy Jewett, thank you so much. Tell everybody where they can find you if you want them to. Sure. Sure. Um, connect with me on Twitter at Andy Jewett. Um, Instagram is suspended right now. Don't know if it's coming back. Cool. It's just down. Um, literally no idea. Uh, but if I come back on that, great. Otherwise I have a fan page on Facebook. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm always doing stuff. I'm, I'm trying to sell a pilot right now that I'm excited about. Has it is good. I've, I've read it. It's good. Um, you know, wait. And yeah, so I'm excited about that. And, you know, we'll just see each other out in the world, guys. We'll see each other on the web. It'll, we all come back together. I don't know That's how right. it happens. But we do. But if right. the pilot gets picked up and you need somebody to hang out at the craft services table, you just give me a call. Yeah, I mean, here's 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 a wild lark. Hey, movie executive that newly loves Billy Wayne and Mike's podcast. Uh, you know, there's a nice pilot with Michael Madsen, three of the five Super Troopers, Broken Lizard guys, and See? Mathilde Olivier and myself. That's pretty great. So just hit me up or hit up Billy Wayne, and he'll connect me with you. If, if I Mike. if we have listeners that can green light shit, and I haven't green light shit, I'm gonna be so mad. <laughs> No, then we make, then we make actually, the you know what? Just, it'll be, I'm not going to be mad. I am going to be like, you guys should have like reached out before Andy pitched that thing. It's, like, it's the same way as you promoting your shows. You've never really put it like, out oh, yeah, there. We before. should talk about that. Yeah. Uh, well, that, that all that'll get, if that gets greenlit, then we can just make all the edible cannabis shows that we've always talked about. Oh, me and Andy have a good one in mind. You guys, as soon as, and we're going to make it, it's just, funding and we're very we're, it's it's not even that much fun i would say getting closer on, on both ends i have all the connections as far as the guest at this point so we can get the guest no problem and now it'll it's I, and it's not even that much money i don't think we'll need so um <laughs> it's cool you guys all right, all right. Uh, thanks buddy i want to hear it stop oh the record